Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Blaze Radio Network. And now, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. Just a heads up, the CDC says cases of pediatric hepatitis have been spreading through Europe and are now being investigated in 24 U.S. states and Puerto Rico. At least five kids in the U.S. have died. 109 have been sickened. Most children who have contracted it also have adeno... Is it adenovirus? Adenovirus. Yeah, you thought I was going to say... Amorphophallus. Nope. Adenovirus. Right. Uh, So just be on the lookout. (laughs) Oh, silly. Those silly hepatitis cases. Amazing. So, listen, uh, the CDC says it's tracking and investigating cases that have happened over the past seven months in children younger than 10 years old across those, I mean, Alabama, Arizona, California, Colorado, Delaware, Florida, Georgia, Idaho, Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, Minnesota, Missouri, North Carolina, North Dakota, Nebraska, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Texas, Washington, and Wisconsin. It's still early days for determining the cause, but, but experts have already ruled out COVID-19 vaccines. So back off me with that. Okay. (laughs) All right. Good. Just know that if your child is vomiting, has dark urine, light colored stool, jaundiced, which is yellowing of the whites of the child's eyes and yellowing of the skin. These are all signs that your child may be coming down with hepatitis. Use basic hygiene measures and you're probably going to be safe. At least that's what they say. Welcome. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. So we know that the Me Too cancel culture is still alive. We've talked about the Bill Murray allegations for his inappropriate behavior and that has not the movie was stopped and everything was halted but it still may get back to filming it was almost done we heard this weekend fred savage uh, has been fired as his role of executive producer and director of the reboot of the wonder years of course that's a disney owned abc reboot of it he uh was uh accused of inappropriate conduct oh okay and they uh terminated his work and ability um rumors alleged misbehavior included verbal outbursts and inappropriate behavior huh okay and then we heard about frank langella and he is an actor you would know him if you saw him He's been in a lot of things, but he was filming a new show called House of Usher. Or, I'm sorry, The Fall of the House of Usher. And now, he was dismissed because of 
alleged harassment, unacceptable conduct, including sexual harassment toward an actress. He is not happy about it and claims that uh, in the increasing madness that currently pervades our industry, I could not have imagined that the words collateral damage would fall upon my shoulders. They have brought with them a weight I had not expected to bear in the closing decades of my career, and along with it has come an unanticipated sense of grave danger. Now, this was from his guest column that he wrote for Deadline, as Deadline was uh, the first to break the story, I believe, that he had been fired as the lead of the Netflix the fall Netflix series of the fall of the house of usher. And he's in his eighties now. And so he's, you know, like he said at the, uh, closing decades of his career. And the letter is pretty amazing. He talks about how on April 14th, I was fired by Netflix for what they determined to be unacceptable behavior on set. My first instinct was to blame, to lash out and seek vengeance. I interviewed crisis managers, tough, connected lawyers, the professionally sympathetic at $800 an hour. Free advice was proffered as well. Don't play the victim. Don't sue. They'll dig into your past. Sign the NDA. Take the money and run. Do the talk shows. Show contrition. Feign humility. Say you've learned a lot. Apologize, apologize, apologize. Uh, He did not uh, want to do that. So on March 25th of this year, I was performing a love scene with the actress playing my young wife. Both of us were fully clothed. I was sitting on a couch. She was standing in front of me. The director called, cut. He touched my leg, said the actress. That was not in the blocking. Then she turned and walked off the set, followed by the director and the intimacy coordinator. I attempted to follow, but was asked to give her some space. I waited approximately one hour and was then told she was not returning to to the set and we were wrapped. Not long after an investigation began, approximately one week later, human resources asked to speak to me by phone. Before the love scene began on March 21st, said the questioner, our intimacy coordinator suggested where you both should put your hands. It has been brought to our attention that you said this is absurd. Yes, I said I did and I still think so. It was a love scene on camera. Legislating the placement of hands, to my mind, is ludicrous. It undermines instinct and spontaneity. Toward the end of our conversation, she suggested that I not contact the young lady, the intimacy coordinator, or anyone else in the company. We don't want to risk retaliation. When I mentioned that it was certainly not my intention to, she cut me off politely and said, Intention is not our concern. Netflix deals only with impact. When you're the leading actor, it requires, in my opinion, that you set an example by keeping the atmosphere light and friendly. Nevertheless, these were some of the allegations. He told an off-color joke. Sometimes he called me baby or honey. He'd give me a hug or touch my shoulder. You cannot do that, Frank, said our producer. You can't joke. You can't compliment. You can't touch. It's a new order. On April 13th, the following item appeared on TMZ. Frank Langella was been, has been fired by Netflix for fondling a young actress between takes as she stormed off set. That is demonstrably false. That is a total lie. The actress was mentioned by name, the same young woman who had accused me of touching her leg on camera in the love scene. The next day, the item was corrected to read, Frank Langella has not been fired, but is under investigation. In this version, the actress's name was deleted. That afternoon, I was fired. 
I was not given a hearing by Netflix. My request to meet one-on-one with the actress was denied. The directors and the producer stopped answering my emails and phone calls. Within 30 minutes of my firing, a letter went out to cast and crew, and a full press release was sent immediately. My representatives and I were given no opportunity to comment or collaborate on the narrative. I cannot speak to the intentions of my accuser or Netflix, but the impact on me has been incalculable. I lost a thrilling part, a chance at future earnings, and perhaps face a stretch of unemployment. Netflix terminated me after three months of work with only three weeks left to shoot, and I have yet to be fully remunerated for my services. Most importantly, my reputation has been tarnished. These ingredients are, to my mind, the real definition of unacceptable behavior. Cancel culture is the antithesis of democracy. It inhibits conversation and debate. It limits our ability to listen, mediate, and exchange opposing views. Most tragically, it annihilates moral judgment. This is not fair. This is not just. This is not American. Frank Langella, May 5th, 2022. Wow. So that's where we're at in America. That's where we're at. Don't play the victim. Don't sue. They'll dig into your past. Sign the NDA. Take the money and run. Do the talk shows. Show contrition. Feign humility. Say you've learned a lot. Apologize. 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 And we know now that that never works. Frank is uh, one, one good thing about Frank. He's not bending the knee, which is perfect. Because while he's going to face unemployment for a while, for sure, but don't bend the knee because it's not going to work. It doesn't matter. They don't care. They don't care. Just because the actress said, he touched my leg. And look, this is his side of the story. I got it. There's another side to be heard. But overall, times are uh, very, very strange. And he was told by the director, right? I don't know if he was told this by the intimacy director. I'm sorry coordinator the intimacy coordinator (laughs) i mean that pretty much says where we're at as well but i got it intimacy coordinator no problem uh and of course he told an off-color joke he admits to that he had well no this is what he said out of the allegations he doesn't admit to it actually uh he told an off-color joke sometimes he called me baby or honey he'd give me a hug or touch my shoulder the producer you can't do that frank You can't joke, you can't compliment, you can't touch. It's a new order. That's where we're at. Amazing. I'm glad he hasn't bent the knee, though. We shall see where that gets him. As we head over to the break room, let me talk to you about sweating. Just about everything is fun to talk about, except for, you know, a few little embarrassing things. Those aren't much fun. So let's talk about one of them, sweating. (laughs) How about that? Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, you know that I deal with the issue. Uh, Sometimes, a lot of times, yeah, I deal with it. You get me in the right circumstance, I can sweat right along with the best of them. And honestly, I believe I am one of the best of them. But whether it's speaking in public or having to talk to, you know, the police, I can uh, pit out like nobody's business. Next thing you know, you got to change your shirt, maybe even your license plate and address. Maybe. Thank goodness, though, for sweat block antiperspirant wipes. They're stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You just apply them at night, right before you go to bed. Then, the next morning you wake up, take a shower, and go about your day without worrying about sweat. Guaranteed. 
We're literally talking about something you only have to apply once or twice a week. No more sweat problem. If you or someone you love is dealing with this, you have to check out Sweatblock. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code Jeffy or at Amazon. Today, 20% off sweatblock.com promo code Jeffy or at Amazon. All right, we're here. I need something cold to drink here as long as we're here at the break room. Oh. How about that Kentucky Derby, huh? How about that Kentucky Derby? It was fun. Another year of uh, of funness at the Kentucky Derby. Last year we had the controversy over the horse and the jockeys. This year we had Rich Strike, 80 to 1 odds. And I will say, uh, I got to give my son Maximus the credit. He was for Rich Strike from the very beginning. He loved the odds. He said the long shot is going to win today. He could feel it. And he was right. <laughs> so gambling-wise, there was 49709884 bet to win in the Kentucky Derby. Of that, 500000 a little over 500000 was bet on the winner, Rich Strike. By comparison, there were eight million. $9,739 bet to win on the favored Epicenter, who finished second. Remarkable. Uh, it was remarkable, and it's fun to watch. Rich Strike became the second biggest long shot to win in Derby history. When you look at the list, uh, Donna Rail, which I'm sure you know many of you remember this race, in 1913 won with <laughs> 91 to 1 odds. So, Rich, you're still not number one. But congratulations on your incredible win. Uh, we had one, I mean, there was 2019, uh, Country House, right? Uh, 65 to 1. Mind That Bird, uh, 2009, 2005, Giacomo, 50 to 1. 1940, Galahadian, Galahadian, Amorphophallus. No, although that could be a horse uh, named next year. Apollo. In, in 1882, Apollo, 32 to 1. Yeah, nobody. <laughs> 1999, Charismatic, 67, Proud Clarion, Exterminator, 1918. Wow. So 1882, 1913, and 1918 are all in the top 10. Oof. That's uh quite a distance anyway it was fun to watch and uh, if you bet on uh rich strike good for you a two dollar exacta with second place finisher epicenter paid four thousand one hundred and one dollars and twenty cents a dollar trifecta paid fourteen thousand almost fifteen thousand and a dollar superfecta paid a cool three hundred and twenty one thousand five hundred dollars and ten and ten cents now if you're not sure what the exacta and the trifecta and the superfecta are. Yeah, welcome to the club. But I will say, I like taking my wife to the horse track because she looks at the horses and she picks them, man. She picks them hard. It's great. We were we did an event at uh, Tampa Bay Downs. Long, I mean, 100 years ago now. But uh, we were out there on the racetrack, uh, you know, doing a live event. And uh, she was off betting, spending money. <laughs> but she won! 
So, I mean, she did a pretty good job. She did. She didn't pick the winner yesterday, but she did pick. Uh, she did pick epicenter to place. So she would have won something if the bet was right. But anyway, I hope it was fun to watch, and I really would like to go to the Kentucky Derby once just for the heck of it. And you know, if you had some horses, it'd be fun if you were to get into the three races that could bring you the triple crown. Uh, you know, the Kentucky Derby, the Preakness of Stakes is next, and then the Belmont Stakes. Will Rich Strike be able to pull off a triple crown? <laughs> Doubtful. But the odds are going to be closer to his favor. So we'll see. We'll see if Rich Strike can pull it off. Speaking of pulling it off, the Kardashians. No, not pulling it off that way. Stop it. They were, uh, they were being sued by Black China. You know her. Not... <laughs> No, okay, stop. All right, Black China, 33. You know, dates uh, one of the Kardashians, Rob or Bob or whatever his stupid name is. Rob. Uh, she claimed that Kris Jenner, Kim Kardashian, Khloe Kardashian, and Kylie Jenner had interfered with her contract with E and led to the cancellation of her show, Rob and China. And I I mean, who hasn't seen Rob and China on E? I mean, what a, what a great show. So she sued them for $100 million. In a defamation suit. And, uh, no, sorry, not going to happen. Okay. Uh, according to reports, the jury found that the Kardashians often acted in bad faith on the issues brought up in the case, but it had no substantial effect on China's contract or the fate of the show. The jury also was told that while filming uh, may have been a con- uh, contentious for Rob and China, the second series had never been greenlit by the time the couple split up, meaning the show could not continue without the central premise of their relationship. So, um, there you go. Have a nice day. They don't have to pay a dime. Uh, and hopefully Black China has to pay some of the court costs. So, I mean, bummer for Black China. So I'm reading a story yesterday about Elvis, the king. And, uh, you know, it's a story about Elvis, so I'm probably going to read it because I want to see if there's anything new ever uh, discovered. And really, there hasn't been. This story was about the Steve Binder who produced and directed the 68 comeback. And uh, he's now hawking his uh, The Story Behind the Special by Steve Binder. And uh, so he's, you know, promoting that. And he's talking about how he and Elvis got along and how there weren't any drugs or any of that around the time that he was there. And that he told Elvis to break away from the colonel. And the Elvis, Elvis never did. He died nine years later. And uh, he said that Elvis uh, gave him a phone number when they left. Uh, he was told it was his car phone number, but it never worked. And so he never saw him again. So that... <laughs> So I believe everything he says about the behind-the-scenes comeback story. But inside the story, it talks about a competition that they're having in the United Kingdom and the Republic of Ireland just for you, okay? It's the Elvis at the Sun.co.uk with the Elvis competition. You need to put that in the subject, Elvis competition in the subject line. You need to attach any relevant pictures or videos of your best impression and explain in fewer than 200 words why you are the ultimate Elvis fan or tribute artist. You have until June 12th. It's open to residents in the United Kingdom and the Republic of Ireland only. And you have to be older than 18 years of age. What will you win? Well, two people will win. 
You're also going to get free. T- well, one person will win you and a guest. Okay. And uh, it's good. <laughs> here's a prize fit for a king. All right. Uh, it's worth uh, getting all shook up about. Okay. All right. You're going to get a week long trip to Memphis with netflights.com. Return flights from London and seven nights of accommodations in Memphis. For the winner and one companion. Once there, you'll enjoy the Graceland Ultimate VIP Tour, which includes a tour of Elvis's mansion with full access to Elvis Presley's Memphis Entertainment Complex. That means I guess you get to see the garage. The dual... All right. I mean, this is a cool thing. I don't want to... (laughs) I mean, okay, you're coming from the United Kingdom or Ireland. It'd be fun. Uh, although you'll be in Memphis. The duo will also get free tickets to the Hound Dog Tour, a high-energy concert and sightseeing tour all rolled into one. During the once-in-a-lifetime experience, fans will get to take an exciting Elvis sights, including Sun Studio, the Presley Lauderdale Courts Apartments, and his old high school. So, I mean, not only are you going to get to be part of the Hound Dog Tour, you're also going to get the Graceland Ultimate VIP Tour, which would be awesome. And you're going to get full access to the Elvis Presley Memphis Entertainment Complex, which would be awesome. But that isn't enough. You're going to be able to see the Presley's Lauderdale Courts Apartment. <laughs> I don't know why that strikes me. Like, hey, there's a there's an apartment, the Presley's Lauderdale Courts Apartment. Ooh, okay. And you're going to receive a VIP Tupelo experience which will include a tour to Elvis's birthplace and an overnight stay in Tupelo. So, you're not only going to be in Memphis, but you're going to be in Tupelo. You are welcome. Plus, you're going to win a day's recording session. Oh, this is kind of cool. With sound engineer Glenn Kyles. I think it's Kyles. K-E-I-L-E-S. Who will produce one track for the lucky winner at his music studio in a Charlie Ward, Hertfordshire. So, uh, Glenn was really excited to uh, be there and helping this. It's a wonderful competition. Can't wait to work with the winner producing their track. So, you're going to book with Netflights. Why I see net, I can't think of Netflix. Netflights.com for the cheapest holidays, hotels, and car hire worldwide destinations. And every day, they search thousands of routes and compare hundreds of airlines to find the cheapest flights. There, you got your add-in for Netflights as well. So it's kind of a fun competition, but it's only for you uh, listeners to Chewing the Fat in the UK and the Republic of Ireland. So good luck. And if you do win, uh, you know what? If you do enter, even if you enter, uh, email me, copy me on the email, just blind copy me on the email that you send to Elvis at the dash sun dot co dot UK with Elvis competition in the subject line. And I'd like to see your, uh, your, uh, submission because they want, uh, relevant pictures or videos of your best impression and explain in fewer than 200 words why you are the ultimate Elvis fan or tribute artist. I mean, I would love to see that. And you know what? I don't care if you win or not. I will play them here on Chewing the Fat. So copy me on the email, chewingthefat at theblaze.com, and we will uh, make that happen. Also, as long as we're talking about the United Kingdom, I see where monkeypox has been reported in England right now. So be careful out there. You do not want none of that. Monkeypox is not fun. Now I know that the you know risk of transmission to the general population is very low. 
and the infection can only spread when someone is in close contact with an infected person. Now, this patient is believed to have contracted the infection in Nigeria uh, before you know traveling to the UK. He's receiving treatment uh, in London at the Expert Infectious Disease and Isolation Unit at uh, the Guys in St. Thomas NHS Foundation Trust. So, okay, uh, you know, you probably don't you probably don't have anything to worry about, but I'm just saying, you don't want none of that monkeypox. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and... 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. On Saturday, the Afghan government declared that women only leave home when necessary and that they must be covered head-to-toe in public. (laughs) Who saw that coming? Nobody. (laughs) It's the most restrictive set of laws against women ever since the Taliban regained control of the country last year. Other crackdowns have included preventing teen girls from attending school and barring women from working or traveling alone. Now, the latest decision puts the onus on male relatives who could be jailed if a woman is not fully covered in public. So it's up to the man to make sure that woman is fully covered in public. The Taliban maintains the rule would help women live with dignity. Right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) But what's happening here in the United States is just horrific, isn't it? When, I mean, why can't we be like the Taliban? Why can't we help women live with dignity? Don't you dare go out in public unless you're fully covered. And if you do, not only are we going to do whatever we want to do with you, uh, we're going to uh, jail. Uh, we're going to jail the man as well. So, good times. Hey, let's uh, let's talk crime. In India, they had blamed monkeys on taking the evidence. I know, I know. Uh, Everybody says uh, that can't be true. Well, apparently it wasn't. They have now blamed the uh, missing evidence on a constable who is on duty. Now, he has been suspended uh, after the incident, which happened in 2016, and now he's passed away. So we're blaming it on him instead of the monkeys. So that works, right? Yeah, the evidence is still missing. It was about a murder of some young kid. Uh, But the evidence, uh, we don't have that anymore because either the monkeys took it or the constable who has now died took it. But sorry, that's the way it goes. We had a crime from an ex-deputy who's actually, this is kind of a, this is kind of a good crime. I'm sure, you know, I'm I'm surprised he got away with it for as long as he did, but... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he did. So a retired sheriff's deputy posed as a guest at Phoenix area weddings to steal boxes of cards containing thousands of dollars. Nice. That's a good plan. 
I'm not, no, I, I, I do not want that to happen at anyone's wedding. I don't want that to happen to anyone. I don't want anyone to do it. I'm just saying, you know, it sounds like something that would be a smart move. So he uh, was arrested Wednesday in the thefts at the private venues in April. He apparently would show up at the weddings and he's now being uh, accused of stealing two boxes of wedding cards each containing $3,000 and $6,000. Now, there's a bunch of other cases that other weddings, four or five other weddings that they say, hey, we had ours stolen too. If you just got married in the Phoenix area in the last six months, go ahead and report your money stolen. <laughs> I don't know if you're going to get any of it back, but it's a nice try. So he, uh, he was a retired sheriff, deputy sheriff. And he just would show up at these weddings and he would take the cash and leave. Nice. They have surveillance video of him uh, at one of the venues showing up, grabbing the gift box, placing it in a bag, walking out the back door and driving away. When interviewed by police, he said, yeah, I went to the weddings to hear the wedding vows. I was going through a divorce and I just wanted to hear the wedding vows. Did you? <laughs> did you okay no problem how about uh we you know well when we were booking you we found uh you know drug paraphernalia and, and amphetamine and fentanyl on you does that have anything to do with it no 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 i was going through a divorce and i just wanted to hear the wedding vows oh okay so if you're having a wedding be on the lookout for that people will be uh, out looking for uh, your wedding cards with cash taking your box. And if you've had a wedding in Phoenix, again, I would say, uh, you know, I, of course don't report the crime unless it actually happened, but didn't your money come up missing as well? Yeah, I think so. In Germany, a woman has been sentenced for poking holes in her partner's condoms. I know the judge described it as a historic case. A woman has been found guilty of sexual assault after poking holes in her partner's condoms without his knowledge or consent. All right, she's guilty of sexual assault, handed her a six-month, this is how bad this sexual assault is, she got a six-month suspended sentence for purposely damaging her partner's condoms. I mean, six-month suspended sentence? It seems like maybe we should, you know, I don't know, at least spend a little bit of time behind bars? What do you think? Anyway, uh, so apparently she was uh, having a friends with benefits affair and she really started to fall in love with the guy and she knew that he didn't want to have kids so she thought she would rope him into uh, marrying him or marrying her if she got pregnant. However, she never did get pregnant but she did tell him she was pregnant and then he, she then said, I, I know I'm pregnant because I poked holes in the condoms. Oh, Okay. <laughs> the man then pressed criminal charges and she later admitted that, yeah, yeah, I, I told him that I did it. No problem. And so they didn't know what they were going to charge her with or how they were going to do it. But they finally got her with, uh, uh, sexual assault because, uh, the judge heard about the crime of stealthing while reviewing case law. And I mean, this is almost stealthing, really, right? That's what it is. I mean, if you're not familiar with what stealthing is, uh, stealthing is when someone removes the condom during sexual intercourse, unbeknownst to the partner. Now, this 
I was looking at the definitions of stealthing and they all say removes his condom during sexual intercourse. Uh, I guess the woman can't do it. Uh, I guess not. Well, in this case, they can. Last week, we told you about the uh, dead shark hanging in the rafters at the Florida high school, which is so hilarious. I mean, it's horrible and it's uh, just uh, disgusting that these kids would hang a dead shark from their, the rafters of the high school. Well, now, uh, I didn't realize this, but another dolphin has been impaled on a Florida beach. Now, we had the dolphin that they were riding in Texas. <laughs> it showed up on the beach, right? And they were riding it, and then they dragged it out in the water, and they're claiming that, you know, these people caused the dolphin to die. Oh, Okay. So now they're asking for uh, information on who was involved in the dolphin's death in Texas. I mean, come on now. They all took Instagram photos of it. You don't know who the heck they are. Come on, stop it. But they're offering a $20,000 reward for information leading to identification, arrest, or prosecution of those involved in the dolphin's death in Texas. Well, in Florida... They found a dolphin dead from impalement with a spear-like object down on a Fort Myers beach. Fort Myers is on the west coast of Florida, southern west coast of Florida. And I guess they're saying that the dolphin was impaled while in a begging position. And begging is not natural behavior for dolphins and is frequently associated with illegal feeding. So someone was feeding the dolphin and then killed him. Uh, all right. All right. If you say so, but, uh, they're definitely uh, looking for, uh, who did that. And they are offering a $20,000 reward for that case. Uh, people have done, stop killing, stop killing the dolphins. Okay. Stop killing them. Now the one in Texas, I, I find that questionable. I don't know. You know, the dolphin had already tried to kill itself. It was already dying. And they weren't, was, the, the, the experts were going to show up and it was probably going to die anyway. So that was just fun. They wanted to take a picture with it. But if we're stabbing it, you know, we're giving it food and then have it in, in its begging position and then stabbing it. Eh, that's not very nice. It's not very nice at all. <laughs> Remember the guy they taped to the seats in the Frontier Airline? Because he was, uh, well, he was assaulting flight attendants and grabbing their breasts and grabbing their butt. <laughs> I taped him to the seat and the footage was, I mean, the video of it was pretty amazing as he was hollering and screaming on the plane. They taped him to the seat and then he was arrested. Well, he is, uh, been, uh, sentenced. He is going to prison. I love the attorney. Uh, he's a really good kid from a great family who was punished for his worst day. Yeah, that's what happens. Uh, I know that, uh, you know, it sucks imagining that I saw a story once where a guy was in prison and he was talking about, imagine, uh, you know, suffering from the worst day of your life. Yeah, that's what happens. That's what, you know, why the crime was committed. Anyway, uh, he gets, uh, he goes to jail and he has to pay a fine. It was, and it really uh, doesn't seem like uh, that much. Seems like he should get on a little bit more. I mean, he groped. A female flight attendant's breasts. 
he went behind two other female airline employees and put his hands on their brass. He rubbed his cups up against the butt of one flight attendant. <laughs> he went in the bathroom. He spilled something on his shirt. He took his shirt off, and then he's walking around the plane topless. I was just incredible. Yeah, the guy, he was topless. I know, right? So anyway, uh, he has been sentenced, and he will get uh, 60 days in prison one year of supervised release and he's also ordered to pay the court a $2,500 fine and more than $1,500 in restitution so the criminal justice system works again and we still haven't caught him the former corrections officer and the inmate who are on the run uh, they're still fugitives out there the uh, U.S. Marshals are still on the hunt We've got, uh, they've given pictures of what she may look like with dark hair because she had blonde hair on the original picture. They've shown pictures of uh, his tattoos that he has. He's, I mean, he's 6'9". He's a big guy. He's tough to go unrecognized. Uh, they found the car. They dropped off the uh, jail car at the, at the hotel, I think it was. And then they took off in a Ford car. They found the Ford car about 100 miles away from there. So they're in another vehicle. They don't know. They think they are. They don't know where they're at. They don't know what they're driving in, or at least they're not reporting that they do. And, uh, you know, the mother-in-law said that uh, the corrections officer may have been brainwashed. Yeah, yeah, it's possible that she was brainwashed. But they're still on the run, still on the lam. She's got about, what, $100,000, I think, cash money. She sold the house that she owned for less money because she wanted to get some cash. There's about $25,000 total in reward money for these two. Uh, I would not approach <laughs> and I would be surprised personally if she is still alive and I know we talked about this I think on Friday but I would be surprised if she's still alive but hey that's just me and is this guy going to be able to be caught alive I don't know I mean I, we may never know how it all worked out because if he has uh, ended her life and then uh, in uh, a shootout to not be caught he ends up dying uh, you know we may never know that uh, if Vicky was brainwashed or not but I doubt that our man what's his stupid name Casey White oh yeah there's, there's Casey White and Vicky White no relation uh, I doubt that he's gonna be taken alive again maybe it's just me So I see where Chuck Todd kind of joined the Who Died Today pile. Uh, yeah, I know. Who died today? Chuck Todd. You'd think that after the CNN Plus debacle, NBC News might say, you know, maybe now is not the best time to go with the streaming platform. But nope. Nope, nope, nope. Uh, NBC's new streaming platform, NBC News Now. I wish them nothing but success. But Chuck Todd is uh, getting the boot from MSNBC and they're moving him to the streaming platform. So, okay. Uh, 
We realized that Chuck was one of the first broadcast anchors to see the massive potential of streaming and bringing Meet the Press's daily franchise to NBC. Uh, News Now reinforces the platform status as the destination for news on streaming. All right. Good luck, Chuck. I hope that you don't... uh, I hope that doesn't mean that you went into the who died today pile. Also, someone who actually did die this weekend, Mickey Gilly, 86 years old. Remember Mickey, Urban Cowboy Days, uh, had Gilly's Bar. I mean, just a you know a monster uh, in his day and cousin to the killer, Jerry Lee Lewis. Uh, also cousin to Jimmy Swaggart. But uh, they were just kept it in the family there. But uh, most importantly, he was, you know, cousin to the killer, Jerry Lee Lewis, who is still alive, by the way. Um, anyway, Mickey Galloway, Mickey Gilly uh, passed away this weekend at 86 years of age. Rest in peace, Mickey. And I also see where David Burney died. David Burney. You would... <laughs> I can say, who? I know. Well, he was 83 years old. And he's one of those actors that you go, oh, yeah, him. So I saw, you see his picture, you go, oh, yeah, him. Now, you may remember him from Bridget Loves Bernie and Saint Elsewhere. And it was, uh, you know, sad that he was diagnosed with Alzheimer's a couple of years ago, two or three years ago. So he's been struggling with that. And I don't wish that on anyone. But. I remember David Burney from two episodes of Cannon. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Tonight's episode. <laughs> he was in two episodes of Cannon, The Wrong Medicine. And he was also in Kane's Mark. So he was a huge star. Huge star. You don't just show up on Cannon. And not be a huge star. <laughs> Rest in peace, David Burney. Hearing that canon theme did remind me, though, that we had another sentencing in Operation Varsity Blues. Oh, yeah. I know. Just when you think it's over, it's not. Operation Varsity Blues. Tonight's episode, the Colburns. They uh, did a plea deal. Of course, the couple was accused of attempting to defraud the college board by paying the college bribery mastermind William Rick Singer. They gave him a $25,000 bribe. And so they uh, have uh, pleaded out and they agreed to serve eight weeks in prison, one year of supervised release, 100 hours of community service, and $12,500 in fines. Still has to be approved by the Boston U.S. District Court, and there's no hearing hearing date set for that. So I'm sure they'll take it. That's what they've been doing all along is taking that. So it's just another another case that uh, pleads out in Operation Varsity Blues. I love that theme so much. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Tonight's episode, The Bribery of Igor. And I'll leave you with this today. Once again, men saving the day, helping women. I learned this weekend uh, 
because of Uberfax, a Twitter account I follow, at Uberfax. You can follow me on Twitter, at JeffyJFR, or Facebook and Instagram is Jeff Fisher Radio. But I learned this from at Uberfax, and it just proves that men are on the planet to help women. Um, taking the underarm sweat from a man and putting it on a woman's lips can improve her mood and regulate her menstrual cycle. This according to researchers at UC Berkeley. So again, men helping women. You're welcome. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.